Welcome back, everybody, to our podcast. This is the eighth episode. As I promised last week um, to look at the seven basic emotions, and we looked at fear last week. So this week, we're going to continue both with anger. As I described last week, anger can be seen in many different ways. Like when we experience an unjust treatment, hearing or being shown criticism, or simply not getting our own way. Anger can also range from being mildly irritable uh, or frustrated to downright rage. The other thing was we also saw uh, the possibility of boredom as being a mild type of anger because of the dissatisfaction that we feel with the situation that we're in. And we also spoke about anger being seen in most cases as a secondary emotion, meaning that one or more of the other basic emotions have been triggered first, like fear or sadness. Now, anger is also an automatic reaction. It's natural and instinctive response to threats. And in fact, some of the anger we experience is necessary to survive. Although anger isn't in itself a disorder, it can be a symptom of several mental health issues. It can also be part of the likes of depression or alcoholism. For example, if if you suffer from depression, the anger can be expressed by your irritability, getting a little bit annoyed over silly little things or what seem like silly little things. It can also be suppressed or overly expressed. The deeper intensity of that anger and how we express it does depend on the person. And each person will have varying degrees of that intensity. Did you know that with with OCD or obsessive compulsive disorder, over half those suffering with it will have anger issues from the likes of literally frustration and irritability and mainly because of not being able to prevent the obsessive behavior. And then you have alcoholism. Alcohol itself will increase aggression. It also impairs our ability to think clearly and therefore we cannot make rational decisions. It also affects our impulse control and therefore makes it harder to control our emotions. Hence, alcohol can lead and does in many incidences lead to violent behaviour. Now, the physical symptoms of anger uh, can include increased blood pressure or heart rate, a tingling or pulsating sensation, muscle tension. Now, there are also other feelings that may accompany anger, either before, during or after we have a blow up. These can include anxiety, stress, feeling of being overwhelmed, and sometimes it's even guilt. When we're outwardly showing anger, we can throw and break things or we can be verbally or physically abusive towards others. When it goes inwards, 
what are we doing? We're directing it at ourselves. Now, this sometimes creates a bigger problem. And we start this by negative self-talk. Like, uh, I'm stupid or, oh God, I'm such an idiot. Why did I do that? You tell yourself long enough that you're an idiot or you're stupid. You begin to believe it. Then you'll do one of two things. Either you'll get angry because you're stupid and an idiot. Or you'll get angry because you think you're stupid or an idiot. Or you'll get angry because you know you're not. So which is it? Being passively angry involves using subtle and indirect expression of our anger. You've heard the phrase, it's all picture and no sound. Or giving someone the silent treatment. Sulking. Being sarcastic. Making snide remarks or rude remarks. So here's a couple of questions to ask yourself about anger. Do I feel angry often? Now, include frustration and being irritable towards others in this. Do I feel my anger is uncontrollable? Is my anger affecting those around me in a negative way? Is my anger causing me to make remarks that I know I will regret? And here's the biggie. Am I verbally or physically abusive to others or myself? Now, if you can answer any one of those honestly with a yes, then you may have an anger issue and you need to get help with it. So what are the warning signs before full-blown anger? What happens beforehand? Apart from the physical, and apart from the pacing up and down, the fiddling with objects, our facial expression changes, eye contact changes, as well as our body posture. Even sometimes the colour of our face can go into a deeper reddish colour, and the tone of our voice changes. We have rapid mood swings. Has that happened to you? So let's take a look at a few strategies that might just help manage the anger at an early stage. Distraction can be very helpful. Anything that can help us distract will allow us to gain some control when we focus on something else. Now, this doesn't mean that you're not still angry and that anger will need to be addressed. But focusing on something else can give us the time we need to calm down and to think rationally. Relaxation activities is something else. When used frequently can be twofold. Firstly, if used on a daily basis, anger will never really be an issue that is not controllable because we learn how to create a calm area that we can go to especially when we learn more about our anger and how it's been triggered and secondly the activity if physical can use up energy that has been triggered when anger has been triggered Another managing technique 
is around calm discussion or negotiation, which enables us to feel like we've been heard and listened to. Therefore, we feel valued, which can encourage us to have the feelings that we are in control. And when we feel that we have some control, we are less likely to have angry outbursts because we'll be more inclined to discuss it. Now, if we cannot use any of these techniques, there is one other option, and that is to relocate. In other words, walk away from the situation that is triggering your anger and give yourself space to calm down. Actually, there's another one. If you know what sets off your anger or your angry outbursts, don't put yourself in a position that will trigger you in the first place. So if I know Joe Bloggs is going to trigger my angry emotion, then don't let me meet Joe Bloggs. And if I know he's going to be at a gathering, then decide not to go or decide to go. But ultimately, it's your choice. And I do hear you say sometimes it's unavoidable, especially in family. Of course, that would indicate you don't have a choice and you're not in control. So my question in this case would be, how old are you again? You always have a choice in how you behave. You may not like that choice, but it is your choice. So you have a choice in whether to put yourself into the position of your anger or any emotion being triggered or not. And we can't blame other people for our choices. Now, there are some myths about anger that I've heard um, and I'd like to give a little opinion, and it's my opinion, on them. I shouldn't hold my anger. It's much healthier to vent and let it all out. And while I would agree with this in principle, as it is never good to swallow anger or any emotion, it is very wrong to use this to just vent, as this can and does hurt others. It is better to find a healthy option, a healthy way and a safe way to let it out or vent. That way it is released without anyone, including yourself, getting hurt either physically or verbally. Myth number two, I can't help myself. Anger isn't something I can control. Well, that's true if you wait for the rage or the outburst. However, you have control and you even have a choice in how you express, regardless if somebody is pushing your buttons. You always have a choice of how you respond. So, what can you do? Well, one of the most productive ways is explore what is really behind your anger. And here are a few more questions that might be helpful especially around your anger. Is my anger masking or covering up something? Maybe another feeling like embarrassment or insecurity or hurt, shame or vulnerability. Actually, 
um, a little word on uh, aside. If you go to YouTube and look up Brené Brown, B-R-E-N-E -E Brown, on the TED Talks, and she speaks about vulnerability. It's a very good piece to listen to. Anyway, back to the questions. Did I see others in my family act or respond like this? Have I an underlying health problem, such as depression? Or do I have extreme stress in my life, like financial worries? So start being aware of what triggers your anger. When we vent at someone or go into a rage, that is the end behavior of your warning signs. If you can become aware of your own personal signs, especially around when your temper is getting to the boil, it will allow you to have time to take steps in managing it before you end up venting or letting fly in the wrong place. So get to know your anger, what it feels like within your physical body. So do you clench your hands or your jaw? Is your heart pounding in your ears? Do you feel flushed? Are you breathing faster? Are your shoulders tense? What is your schedule like? Have a look and see if there are any ways, any stresses that may be causing it, that may be causing the triggers, and then change it. Even how we think can trigger anger. For example, overgeneralizing. You always interrupt me. You never consider my needs. Everyone disrespects me. I never get credit for what I do. So we have always, never, everyone, and never. Does that sound familiar? Or you have the shoulds and musts. Having a rigid view around how a situation should or must be leaves us open to getting angry when what I think isn't the reality. Misreading and jumping to conclusions. This is where we assume we know what somebody else is thinking or how they will behave or respond. And that they intentionally upset, ignore or disrespect me. The next one is my favorite one. Collecting straws. This is where we look for anything and everything negative and overlook the positive. So letting small irritations into becoming Mount Everest, where it becomes the last straw, where we explode over something that is relatively small or minor. You heard that saying, the straw that broke the camel's back. Of course, the other one is blame. We blame everything and everyone else if something goes wrong in our life. In other words, we do not take personal responsibility for our own life or our behavior. 
So when you find yourself getting a little irritated about something, ask yourself this. How important is this in the greater or bigger picture of life? Is it really worth getting angry about? Is it really worth ruining the rest of my day? And most importantly, is my response appropriate to the situation? And is there anything I can do to change it? And on that note, I'm going to finish anger. If you have any queries around it, please feel free to email me and we can answer it on our next podcast. When we hope to look at sadness and bereavement. But just to give you a little, I suppose, a little hint of it, or a little taste of it. The Cambridge Dictionary describes sadness as the feeling of being unhappy, especially because something has happened. Okay, so what is it? Well, I believe it is an emotional, internal pain that if deep enough can be visually seen and felt in our physical body, like depression. Now, I would like to point out here that sadness does not and is not depression. But I'll go into that in greater detail next week. So for now, I'm just going to say thank you again for joining us. And please feel free to share these with anyone that you think might benefit from them. I would also remind you to go to the YouTube channel and look up Brené Brown on vulnerability or shame. Um, She is extremely um, funny in the way in which she portrays it. And it is a very deep subject but she makes it easy to understand. So have a wonderful week and we'll meet again next week. Stay well and stay safe. Namaste.